Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. This show is brought to you by foosales.com, the WooCommerce point of sale solution that helps you bring your clients' shops to the physical world. And Capture 4 WP plugin from WP White Security that lets you easily integrate Google Captcha on your clients' Woo shops. I'll tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's get started as Ronald has a conversation with Marius from WP Riders on building his agency and WooCommerce plugin. He had several interesting insights into his agency life while sharing some thoughts on company culture and how that plays in with both his team and his clients. Hello and welcome to another episode of Doo Woo. And we have a guest, uh, his name is Marius. Marius, I'm so glad we uh, connect again. Uh, we've, we've seen each other a few months ago at WordCamp US. Um, and um, yeah, we, we saw each other, spoke uh, for, for quite a period at the uh, WooCommerce Community Social and you shared two business cards with me. I don't know if you remember that, uh, which is quite intriguing. So I'm going to let you uh, do your intro of uh, who you are and what you do and what's your connection with uh, WooCommerce. Sure. Thanks, Ronald. Thanks, Bob, for having me. Uh, I've been working and playing around with WordPress and WooCommerce for quite a few years now. And the first business card that I, I created uh, it has the WP Riders logo, and that is the name of the brand that we are using to work with clients and to provide ongoing WordPress development. This has been going for about eight years. Uh, we are now about 22 people across seven countries. It's a distributed team, and it has been an interesting journey. And as we were walking this path sometime about two years ago, we realized there's a recurring pattern in the demands that come from the shop owners that run subscription businesses. And that's how subscriptionforce.com appeared. So that is my second business card. Uh, so the second one, it's, it's a plugin business. It's a separate company. and Subscription Force, it's the only fully featured extension to the WooCommerce subscriptions plugin that increases the recurring revenue and and keeps customers happy uh, through self-service capabilities. So that's the main purpose of it. Um, we'll come back on the WP Rider. So let's let's go a little bit deeper in the um, subscription for. So it's it adds to the WooCommerce subscription. So you need WordPress, Woo, uh, WooCommerce subscription, and then you add subscription force to, um, yeah, you explain it a bit in a bit more detail if you can. Indeed, this is an extension to WooCommerce subscriptions. So in order to use or actually to benefit from this plugin and to understand its benefits, you need to be running a WooCommerce subscriptions powered business. So every time a shop owner starts delivering on a subscription like physical products, they eventually realize that customers need to amend their subscriptions by adding products, by removing products, or changing quantities, or just pausing their subscriptions until a set date because they go on a vacation. All of this and many other features are not 
provided by the WooCommerce subscriptions plugin. So, uh, well, after we, we saw a recurring pattern in the demands of, of our agency, we thought uh, there might be a, a place in the market for such a plugin. So th- this, I guess, is, uh, is a result of working with clients under the uh, WP Riders uh, agency. And you saw a demand. Was this a, 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 a project, a custom project for a customer? And then you realized, hang on, there's a bigger market here. Let's also release it as a plugin for the wider world. Actually, we had about seven or eight projects like, oh, wow. like this one. Yeah, It ranged from, you name it, selling toothbrushes and, and toothpaste on a subscription to pet food. Uh, eventually, uh, we got into coffee subscriptions and, and so on. Amazing. Um, <laughs> once you uncover the world of subscriptions and... You match that with the stores uh, offering, and then I think the more tricky part is the customers' demand. I think you uh, open up a can of worms because oh, once you can do this, can you also do this, and can you do that? Um, talk me through a little bit through the process of developing and some of the challenges that you've had, and then maybe sort of add to that how uh, the community and maybe the developers or developer advocacy helped you solve some of these problems so before going into this particular plugin uh, we actually analyzed about eight or nine other ideas and we looked at a couple of and there were like one column per criteria we looked at existing vendors and we looked at and very important we looked at the potential market size for the plugin. So we eventually estimated the number of WooCommerce subscriptions installs before we actually decided to go with this one. Uh, the other important criteria for us was do we personally know three people who have or had this particular problem, people that we can talk to? And then we looked at our capabilities. Can we be different and better? Going to play into this field or to play that game and after analyzing those eight or nine potential ideas uh, we decided to to give it a go to this one and then the next step was to compare the requirements that we saw in the market with the features and the capabilities of the existing plugins so essentially we were looking for gaps Okay, gaps of, of needs, of, of uncovered needs. The other source of gaps, a pretty good one, was and still is the WooCommerce forum. With Formerly it was a request a new feature thing. You can see a lot of comments and in general on, on, on the support forums. You can get this kind of answers. The next step for us was to write a requirements document, which was a pretty detailed with kind of screen the screens and the user stories and the user roles that we would like to cover. And our focus was on, on simplicity. So for example, and 
it's interesting that we have with one of our plugins uh, sub plugins because eventually we developed two other more let's say child plugins out of subscriptionforce.com and those are being sold over the WooCommerce marketplace um, we are seeing some some demand for one of our plugins the interesting part is that this plugin is actually simple it has less features than the competitor plugins but probably it has a better interface and a probably a smaller price but the mix makes it uh, an, an interesting uh, plugin for for the market and then we went with coding and, and so on but that was yeah. the process before we actually started to code the plugin i must say i i have to compliment you on the the research part because it's something you potentially dive in too fast uh, to build the stuff because you think, oh, I'm just going to see if something works and uh, let me try this before you do your research and you know exactly what your uh, end result or your goal should be. Um, so going through all those different steps, the way you described it, is, uh, seem, seems a very wise plan. Um, do you have the extension on the marketplace, WooCommerce.com marketplace? Yes, we do. Um, and the strategy that we went with was to have all the features that we are providing under the subscriptionforce.com plugin. Well, it's the plugin name is subscriptionforce is being sold on our own website. However, on the WooCommerce marketplace, for brand protection reasons, um, we decided, and maybe for marketing reasons, we decided to repackage the features and to focus them on specific jobs to be done. And maybe some of the listeners are not familiar with the term, uh, but I would encourage you to search for a 7 to 10 minutes video on YouTube with Clayton Christensen about the jobs to be done. Essentially, it's about, it's maybe it's a worldview, this thing. It's, it's a way to look at, at the reality. And it's about thinking and imagining that when you use a certain plugin or object you're actually employing you're hiring that thing that it will do some job for you and when you think of that particular tool as if you are hiring it then you realize there's a context when you are hiring that tool it's a particular context which is dictated by a couple of factors like the timing with whom are you what did you do before time of the day, and so on. For example, the, the research about the jobs to be done has been extensively advertised and it has been popularized and it, it has been made on McDonald's milkshakes. So somehow McDonald's realized that the actual customers of their milkshakes who actually employ those milkshakes are different to those who they imagine. A long story short, they realized people... Uh, use their milkshakes instead of bagels in the morning while commuting. Once they realized when people do hire the milkshakes and that people are actually driving while sipping that milkshake, they made the milkshake thicker so that they, it can last longer. So this kind of decision, this kind of consequences and let's say aha moments can be uh, can can be obtained once you look through the lens of the jobs to be done. So coming back to our approach, um, we went with two jobs to be done. The first one, and 
the jobs to be done are actually in the plugin names. One of them is buy once or subscribe. And essentially, it's exactly what it does. Uh, once you install this plugin, and by the way, this feature, it's also in the subscription force plugin. So the buy once or subscribe thing will allow you to uh, subscribe to a simple product. You don't need to, to create two SKUs as a shop owner. In cases when you are selling some product as a one-time product, and you are also selling it on a subscription. So this is the job to be done. People would employ this plugin when they have this, this need. Okay. And the second uh, sub-plugin, it's called self-service dashboard for WooCommerce subscriptions. Again, when does this job to be done arise? It is when me as a customer, I'm going on a vacation and I just need to pause that subscription until that specific date. Or I just need to switch a product to a different variation. Like I need a different coffee size pack yeah, or maybe t-shirt color, or maybe I need to add a product or change quantity. Yeah. Um, naming those plugins to quite a, literally what it says on the tin is what it does. Uh, was that a conscious decision? So it's uh, easier for merchants to find it in the marketplace. So actually it's, it's the wording that customers used when talking to us. Okay. It is the verbiage, the precise verbiage. Yeah. And that's, uh, in, in your view, has been a successful uh, formula to stand out and sell in the marketplace. Yeah, so far so good. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Do you have any other uh, tips you've learned along the way when you add a plugin uh, into the marketplace? It takes a lot, so we need to brace for that. Uh, do you mean it takes a lot, a lot of time or a lot of effort and energy? Uh, the timeline to get it through for us the first time, it was about three months since we said, okay, we want it published and until we had it. Um, because the first time you have to create an account, it has to get approved, and then you have to submit your product and it has to be compliant with certain requirements. Unfortunately, the checks, that the automated checks on the source code that are being performed, they aren't according to documentation. So you start getting some strange PHP code sniffer errors that are kind of different from what is being said that you should respect, which also eats up time. Then add up one or two small bugs in the submission interface and spice it up with the time you have to wait until somebody will actually answer the ticket. So it usually takes like about two, three months the first time. After that, the approval process, because after that you only submit a new product, you don't have to create a vendor account. After that, it probably takes a couple of weeks, up to a month. Yeah. Uh, and once it's listed, what uh, what do you do to get more uh, views on your uh, product? Or is that also part of the research that you you find something that is a niche and therefore you can stand out um, faster? It seems like the reviews and the sales will count. And we learned that along the way because one day one of our the buy once or subscribe extension was featured on the WooCommerce featured plugins. And we were like very surprised because 
they didn't tell us anything. They just created a nice graphic and, and some nice copy and featured it there. And we very proudly took screenshots and started promoting that and through social media. It was an achievement for us, as small as it may seem, but it was a nice one, a confirmation. Nice. And then they told us, yeah, it got picked up to be featured because uh, you have like sales and you have reviews. So probably there's something along the lines of the number of sales plus the reviews that you get in, in a time span. Yeah, I can imagine it's a, it's a two-way relationship if you invest in it and ha- users are happy and it gets picked up and it's a win-win-win situation. That's, uh, that's great. It's a, a great story. Um, let, let's go back to the uh, WP Riders because that's uh, – uh, remind me. So you're uh, it's an 18-strong team uh, over 11 countries. I might have totally mixed up the figures in there. No worries. Oh, it's about 20-ish people, and now we are six or seven countries. Six or seven countries. That wasn't the plan at all. That wasn't the plan at all. No, not at all. So the six, seven countries, that just came along. Is that because your team members moved away, or you've started to attract uh, team members from other countries? Actually, very few people moved away. Uh, I remember two, but... Oh, so they've not all gone and sat on the beach with their no, laptops and uh, it's like no, oh that's easy no 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 usually people moved from some country to some highly advertised capital of some country first world country and so on but most of the people we just found talent uh, across the globe and it, it wasn't meant uh, to be like that actually we had an office probably the first four years and Somehow, before the pandemic, uh, I think six or nine months before COVID came in, uh, we decided to go fully remote. So the office stayed empty for about three mm. months. Yeah. At that time, we already had some people re- working remotely, and, and our colleagues coming to the office eventually said, "How about we would? How about saving one hour and a half on on commuting every day?" So yeah, that wasn't the plan. We just found nice people in tune with our culture. Culture is very important to us as a company. Uh, how do you um, how do you find out if somebody is the right fit into your culture? Is that something that you uh, are very conscious on when you're recruiting somebody? Absolutely, yeah. Between 2003 and 2013, I had another company, another software company, and there I we kind of failed with five different products. And there we made all the mistakes and, and bad things that you can do. That was a product company. So that's why this time when we are approaching a new product, we do some research, we look at positioning, and we look at the market and the needs and things that customers value and so on. Now coming back to the recruitment, we start by trying to attract the right people. And we do this by, well, first and foremost, WP Riders was day zero when it was founded as a company. I just sat and, and wrote down the values that I would ideally uh, have and, and run our company by. So after I, I had the values written down, and not only just some words, but actual, like, let's say, explanation of values, what is what was my understanding of those values at that time and 
how do I know or how do how does somebody objectively know if if a person lives up to the values or not? So next, when when we started hiring people, I would just add those values into the job ad because that would telegraph uh, to certain people that hey, these guys are like this and like that. And throughout the years, we had people telling us probably had maybe half a dozen people telling us, I have created a resume just to apply to your job because you require a resume. Uh, I have never had to apply to a job, but something clicked and I wanted, I wanted to just meet you guys. So this is the kind of effect that you are getting when you are consciously telegraphing and, and sending messages, maybe, I don't know, subliminal messages probably on a certain wavelength. And then during the interview, there are questions designed to discuss, like examples to discuss this or that value. Like, for example, uh, integrity, honesty. And every six months, we do evaluate ourselves like a performance appraisal. And we do look at the values again. And then we make sure we allocate some resources and budget in order to support and to, to foster those values, to develop them. Is that something you do uh, yourself, these reviews with your team members, or do you have somebody independent or an HR person who will do that for you, with you, or for you? Throughout the years, we've designed a process for this. Actually, that's one way um, that helped uh, me convert myself from a freelancer, one-man show in, into, into a team. Every time I would do a repetitive task, I would just write down a checklist, like a guideline, like a process, like procedure. And then I would just run it based on, on that checklist, just to make sure I'm not missing on anything. And later on, when uh, new colleagues came in, they would just pick up on those checklists and they would develop them further. So yeah, we are doing these reviews internally based on these processes that we've developed. And we have our director of operations who's evaluating most of, of the people because most of the people are in the operational department. And I'm still doing the performance appraisals for the other areas like sales and recruitment. Yeah. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. If you have a client who's looking for a point of sale solution, consider suggesting Foo Sales. In fact, Foo Sales is the first native WooCommerce point of sale to support in-person payments using Square Reader. Now you can use Foo Sales with the Square Terminal for your client projects, but the icing on the cake is that it not only works with FooSales iPad and Android apps, but the Foo web app. So you really need to check this out if your clients have been asking for a point of sale solution or a new point of sale solution. Find them at FooSales.com. WPY Security, the brand behind WP Activity Log, also has you covered with CAPTCHA 4WP plugin. This slick integration with the Google reCAPTCHA gives your clients an easy way to add CAPTCHA checks to their shops on the Woo Checkout 
registration and account pages. And as a bonus, you can select where you want to add that CAPTCHA on the checkout page. So I suggest you head over to WPWhitesecurity.com and help your clients protect their woo shops from fake registrations and orders the right way. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. How do you make sure that your team members are happy? What's your what's your secret sauce? Write a lot about this. It's even in our job ads. Yeah, there's there's a saying, and it, it's a it's a metaphorical thing, but it, it's it's somehow remotely related to your question. Uh, we say here in this part of the world that money can't buy happiness, but it can support it. So once you have the reasons to be happy money will eventually increase that happiness and support it, but it kind of can't buy happiness. So similarly with, with your question, if somebody is unhappy, I'm not sure if you can just switch button yeah. and turn them to happy. But we do have a set of conscious activities for that. Well, first of all, um, we do one-on-ones. And then we do anonymous reviews every 12 months so that if somebody has something to say, uh, they can submit that form anonymously. And it's truly anonymous. And that's in order to, that's what we do in order to get the polls. Besides that, what we are trying to do are certain activities. And we tried quite a few things. Some of them work, some of them don't work. For example, we ran a book club. Like We just bought a book in like 10 or 15 pieces, send them over to the people so they can um, have their own uh, sample and, and read it and underline. And then we met every couple of weeks and discussed one chapter. So that would be in tune with our third value uh, to develop our, ourselves and, and to grow together. That's how we define to grow together. Um, the other things that uh, we are doing, um, it's a weekly sharing is caring meeting or sharing is scaring meeting. It depends. Where we <laughs> share, Why is it sometimes scaring? Because we share the things that we tried and they worked or maybe they didn't work. So... That's a really good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we might share technical things, business things, HR things, client talk things, or just some movie or a dish that we cooked and it went well, yeah, or yeah. it failed, and and so on. Do you get to meet also in uh, in real life where you have? Uh, I know it's probably been difficult. It's a bit more challenging. Um, we try to get as many people to work camps. As possible, like at Work Camp Europe in Porto, we were, I think, 12 people mm. from a bunch of countries. And this fall, this autumn, we had a team building here in, in the mountains in, in Romania. And then those who live in, in Romania, in Bucharest, in the capital, uh, we try to meet maybe every other month or so just to play a board game. Yeah. Um. So you've 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 created a culture that you obviously like yourself, and by going by by having been a freelancer, um, you've 
you've learned how you want to be uh, working, operating. You uh, embraced this with your with your own new team, and the team is growing, and that obviously attracts a lot of other team members um, because it's something that you spread and that that comes back. How do you do this in terms of recruiting clients and building up the business, you know, in financial uh, security? Yeah, that's a very important one. And the answer to this question changed across the years. Nowadays, uh, we rely on partners and, and inbound to get inbound leads, which is working fairly well enough to sustain the business. We have certain other outbound initiatives that we're working on. Let's see which one works out. And before that, maybe three or four years ago, until three or four years ago, I have been investing a lot of time, and actually this is how I started, on investing a lot of time on Codable. Codable, it's probably the number one, actually it's the number one WordPress uh, freelancers marketplace where people can go to in order to to have their WordPress tasks uh, fixed or done. So I started out there and then uh, I scaled up as, as an agency by working on Codable. And then we transitioned to having our own marketing. And... Um... Clients that come through these marketplaces are they are they a, a one hit um, please solve a problem or do you find them coming back and you turn them into long term clients? Most of the clients come back, so if if they like working with you, they will they will stick. Yeah, that was obviously a trick question because that shows tells me that your customer service is excellent. Of course, if they all come back, yeah. Do you have, um, what, what's then in, in that way is your sort of key advice if, if freelancer developers use these sort of platforms? How can you make sure that right from the beginning all the way, you know, to, to them coming back, you nurture that relationship and you give good customer service to make sure they come back? I would say number one is picking your clients, understanding who do you want to work for, Ah, but here's a here's a here's a bit of a, a repeat again, isn't it? Because you do that with your team members. You also do that well with your research and the plugins. So you also do that with your customers. You find the right fit, the right culture in 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 them. Eventually, we realize that we are working best with non-technical founders who are running a WordPress-powered uh, business, and with marketing managers who have been hired by these non-technical founders once they scale up. And there's a list of, of clients that we probably have a hard time working with. For example, if there's another agency, we tried working with other agencies, but it's just too difficult to adapt the processes from both agencies in order to make it a long-term fruitful collaboration. And that's I, I think that's fine to understand where do you want to play and and where do you have a chance to actually uh, deliver superior value. Yeah, very interesting. I guess there's some food for thought for for the listener as well. That if you believe in something, if you believe in the right fit and culture, you you both thrive and you create something uh, of good quality. 
relationship-wise as well as product. And if I may mention in terms of customers and choosing to whom, uh, with whom do you want to work with and eventually if you're launching products, I've learned quite a few practical things from two books. One of them is called Buyer Persona and it has been written by Adele Revella. The other, so this one it's obviously about how to understand who your customer is. The other one where I learned about the jobs to be done framework, it's called Competing Against Luck by Clayton Christensen. This one is very good for launching products. And lastly, uh, I would say a book, I would mention a book called Obviously Awesome. And this one, it's about positioning. I suggest we uh, you share the links with uh, Bob and we'll, we'll list them in the uh, podcast notes. Um, Marius, if I may um, move sort of, so we've done sort of the past and, and we've looked at product and marketplace and WooCommerce uh, and your agencies, it's sort of looking at, at the future. And I guess um, there's also a sort of a two, three part question, partly as, you know, looking at the sustainability of your agency and the people that work for you, making sure they, you know, they can build a future on that, how you sort of work on that. And I, I think you can sort of lead that into, you know, where you then also see the world of e-commerce, the world of web development, and how you sort of find your niche to make sure that that bubble remains sustainable. This bubble has appeared and it has been growing on the back of the open source community. So that's why it's our value number four. We only have four values and it's contribution. And we do invest back into into the community and we have been doing this through various projects. One of them is running a local WordPress meetup. I've been running it for five years as a host and volunteer, it has more than 1,200 members. I actually stopped uh, doing it up to five years and just passed on the Olympic flame to some other people. But the most recent project that we finished, and I'm actually very excited about it, uh, we called it WP Riders Academy. Um, so we took eight people and we taught them WordPress coding for free for three months B-weekly meetings, B-weekly sessions of about one hour and a half with one of our developers who who taught them. So we used a mix of of, of video courses and and these sessions where they would just get some assignments and they would work on them. So that's how we look at the sustainability of the whole ecosystem and this is how we see our place in it and in terms of people we have people working with us for five six and seven years so the agency is eight years old and our number one and number two employees are they're still with us yeah as you said that about your team members who are still with you over the last six years it sort of occurs to me that they also grow in their development. You've, you know, you've taken them on and it's a big responsibility. Um, and of course they help you, you invest in them and that, that whole ecosystem that from within your own business, that sort of grows. And then 
to, you know, as you described, as your fourth value where you extend that by taking on apprentices and even the meetup where you have, you know, a thousand plus members that you help support, you teach them, you guide them. If if only you can sort of visualize the impact you have on that ecosystem, you you alone, where, you know, team members, but also others earn a living from WordPress, from WooCommerce. That uh, certainly that, that sort of three-dimensional view of that grows and grows. And that's something very powerful, I think, within WordPress and, and also WooCommerce and open source. Uh, and I'm, I'm really uh, quite humbled by how you um, describe that and how important that is to you. So I take my hat off. That's great. Love it. We we all go through, well, a lot of the countries, they go through some difficult economic times, increases of, of, of cost and so on. And I, I guess for agencies, you also, or agency owners, you also feel that pinch a little bit here and there. Do you have some advice when it comes to riding out a storm? May, may, more in general terms, definitely don't go to specific world events, but uh, where you say, well, we'll we, we, we grow in a sustainable way, maybe don't take risks so much. Do you have some advice on that? There's one or two things that we've done in the beginning and the third one that we keep doing as we speak. So the first two were some, let's say, approaches that allowed a simple freelancer to be able to get two full-time people and then to grow from there. So I was using... Uh, tool like a, similar to a calendar it's called forecast harvest forecast and i would just book my time there whenever a client would pay um, for the project in advance and i eventually ended up having about six to eight weeks of projects booked pre-booked in advance and prepaid so that was a good buffer for making the leap the other thing which i was fortunate at the time to benefit from we accessed some european union funds but you can replace european union with any funds that you may want and it wasn't a big sum it was about twenty-two thousand dollars but it was enough to have cash in the bank to cover the salaries for these people for a couple of months in advance so we got both the projects which were secured in the codable escrow, this buffer of, of money. And we and I kept that money and it kept growing the amount that we hold in the bank in order to cover at least three months of full salaries and taxes in case something happens. And this is a public information in our team. I'm sharing this with everyone so that they know it's a secure place. And that money would allow us to live for at least three months, given or assuming we would just make zero dollars during the month. But obviously, that is highly unlikely. So we probably can live for at least six months plus, which is good enough time span in order to probably, hopefully, get over yeah. um, any problem. And the other thing that we've done is this year we switched to subscriptions. So most of the clients we work with, and it's again about deciding 
who are the customers that you can serve best. And we, reali we realized that those who need a technical partner by their side, uh, who need development, but also advisory, those are ideal clients that we can deliver value to. So we work with them on subscriptions and they pay us a recurring amount every month and they buy time out of our team's time. So this is how it works. And that gives a certain predictability to the whole business. That's great. Marius, I could talk to you for a lot longer because you have some very interesting, insightful uh, nuggets, good experience on so many levels. Um, I'm quite sure that whoever listens to it will will have the same impression that actually it's good to be calculated and do your research in order to be successful because that's that's what i find um speaking to you so um well done for uh you know being where you are it's it's an incredible journey it's uh, really one to admire thank you also very much for your time really appreciate it and i hope we'll get to speak to you again soon or at least see you at a, another word camp thanks as well for the opportunity for your time gentlemen yeah, I'm looking forward to the next working. Hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends for that point of sale solution. Whether it's for your iPad and Android app or using their web app, check out foosale.com. And Capture 4WP plugin. Great way to easily integrate Google Captures for added security on your client's WooCommerce shop at WPYSecurity.com. I'd also like to give a quick shout out to all our pod friends for their support of 2022. Supporting us from October of last year to October of this year, thanks to Iconic WP, Clavio, Jetpack, and Trustpilot. And then, of course, our ongoing sponsors right now, Mindsize, Weglot, Yoast SEO, The Dot Store, OS Training, Nexus, PeachPay, GoDaddy Pro, LearnDash, WP White Security, and NitroPack. And of course, we are welcoming our two newest pod friends, Hostinger and Avalara. Well, this is officially the last episode of the year. I do want to thank you, our listeners, big time, for what you've done and the support you provided throughout the year listening to all the stories of WooCommerce and WordPress builders worldwide. We have a lot of new things happening in 2023, moving towards our tentative launch date of Do The Woo 4.0 in March. Whatever you are celebrating at the end of this year, I wish you the best, and we'll see you in 2023. Oh, and of course, until then, keep on doing the woo.